0: episode 52 of the Facing the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's
1: your boy Shan, It's your boy Man Moose. What's good, yeah, What's good?
0: What's good with y'all? Before we start, man, we got a shout out to all our YouTube subscribers, our listeners, and all the streaming platforms. Um, Keep checking us out, man. New content, new clips, new videos, new everything, man. For all your up-to-date news, just subscribe to everything. Keep it coming. Share it with your friends because you're trying to get this get this following up this listenership up what's good with you guys what y'all been up to moose in the pink today got the beard flourishing fresh cut you know what i'm saying i, I need know. to get my game up i'm looking rough today you feel me i'm looking rough like i just go out of bed
2: yeah nah i, I, I hate not having a fresh cut you always gotta look presentable I, I can't be looking crazy you know pandemic or not i gotta look i gotta look good
0: and i feel that bro i feel that you gotta look good that's that's what i always have the debate like when um there's be times when I'm like yo, do I want to grow my hair out, do I don't want to keep a fresh feed or whatever it may be. Um cuz I feel like it's just more maintenance when you got more hair on, hair on your head. I'm even tired My, my shit's not even long, but I'm already tired of it, you feel me? I feel like I need yeah. to go back, go back to my feed bro. I just want a regular. Yeah, you
2: no, know not nah, nah, nah. that's exactly how I feel. I used to have the I used to have the fat fade back in the day and I was like, I'm not I'm not dealing with it at all. I need I we'll pop- never do I
0: it. Then with the with the body, all oh, you're know saying, the low maintenance, the super low maintenance, that joint And and I'll
1: say it in, enjoy your hairlines while you have them, fellas. Cause people like me aren't blessed with uh, good hairlines. Don't have much yo, of I'm choice.
2: trying to I'm trying to keep it, yo. So. <laughs> my hair's starting to thin out. <laughs> nah, my hair's starting to thin out. I'm like, nah, I gotta keep it, yo. I'm gonna have to get Minoxidil or something because you, not you.
1: See, my shit, like nah, no, like, you good though. You good, nah, bro. And when I when I go to the shop, they gotta hit me with the you know, with the spray you got you got to the little oh, nah. They gotta hit the me ba- with the beige, bro. They have yeah, they have to because oh, yeah. like, look at that, bro.
3: Look but at that shit, honest- bro. Like, my 100- shit goes 100-
1: straight, bro. The gaps right here is crazy. To be honest, though, I see it's okay I don't,
0: though. I done seen like you're doing you're doing at the normal, at the normal rate, I'd say. It's not really bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I done seen some balls that got like balding, balding. Balding patches, the hair don't go in no more. You see, know i saying? I've been in the shop where I seen people like, dang,
1: That should And break. cold bring it back to life. How y'all? How you feel Cole about?
0: Was the man. Cole, book it up. How y'all feel about the boys that be like putting the stuff in their beards? Like you see, like the beard's not full, but you see, like it looks like like that Sharpie the marker you say, or they, or like the hairlines look super crazy. Like
2: I get your hairline to a certain point. Like if your hairline all the way back here, you you gotta let it go. But like if if you putting stuff in your beard, like it's not that deep, honestly. Like not everybody's meant to have a beard at a certain age. Like just cut it, keep the goatee, keep a fresh cut. Like the beard, like. People just wanna have that beard because they want to have that look, but you don't always gotta have that look. Some people look good with a fresh, with a fresh, clean shave. So
0: now that's a fact. You ever seen a picture of Carlos Boozer? You got like the marker top, like it's joint. Bro, yeah, he,
1: all Beijing. All Beijing, bro. Like I don't get like it. Shopping, just colored shit in.
0: It don't make colors. no sense. Yo, I was talking, um, I don't know if I was talking, I was telling somebody yo, this, yo, it's just a random thought before we just hop in. You ever been in a situation like maybe like younger years, college or something like that, where you was hollering at a girl, right? And you was messing with her, and then you find another joint, right, that's even better. you was talking at it, but you didn't know they was friends. And they hit you was just like, (laughs) they hit you was like, well, yo, you talking to me and my own girl? Like. (laughs) For sure. We didn't all, we didn't all done that dumb
1: shit before.
2: Shit. This didn't happen in high school. It didn't happen in high school, but it happened before. Life happens.
0: Like, nah, cause I just I was thinking about a time, bro. I was in college, bro. And I was hollering at one joint and I was like, she was cool. But then my homies like, you want you want to holler at my my girl, My my homegirl, she's she's tough. She, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, started hollering at her. Go down, I go down to spring break with one of my homies, and all of a sudden I get a Snapchat with both of them in the frame. <laughs> I'm so- Oh nah. Both of the frame. I'm just like, oh man, nah. Yo, know, I just left that joint open. <laughs> I just left that joint open. Kept it pushing. I was. What like, can you say? You caught red-handed. You might as well but, just eat but, it, right but, but well, it. But but the thing a was, was it, wasn't, it wasn't red-handed because I ain't. I didn't. The thing was, I didn't know that they knew each other. You feel me? Because they went totally two totally different schools. One lived in where I was at in college. The Other one was a whole different state. You feel me? Mm. It just happened. It just happened. They. Oh wow. Yeah, they knew each other before college, and they was. And it was just like, dang! They probably just told each other, to, "Yo, I'm talking to." You. <laughs> got, got caught red him like, dang! But I just had to, th- I just had, I just had to see, I had to see what, what your thoughts was on that because I was thought about. It was, it was a crazy scenario, and I was just like, it's
1: not a crazy scenario. I, like, I think that's I, happened to everybody, guys and girls. I feel like you know some dudes be talking to the same chick at the same time too. You kicking in with your homie, you show "Yo, I'm talking to this John." Like, me too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like it could be going both ways.
0: Yeah, that's a fact. But who do you think be caring more? Like, do you do you think do you think? I feel as though I feel as though guys are more territorial when it comes to something like that. That's just me personally, because Kevin, when it comes to like that alpha male status, you you don't want to know that someone else can get the same joint you talking to, whatever it may be. You feel like you have some like I had these. I'm hollering at this joint. She bad, or whoever it may be, and you find out your homie. Like you said, Shan, I'm talking to her too. Like she, 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 my messages, whatever it may be. Like, I don't know. What what's your thoughts on that?
2: Kevin Samuels would agree.
0: Would agree, with what? Kevin, would agree with what? though?
2: He would agree. He would agree that guys don't like that. Guys don't want to feel like a girl that they messing with or a girl that they dating or married to. They don't want their girl to be accessible. I mean, I agree with it. Like, I think that girls, girls, I put it like this. I think that guys... In the long run are gonna feel it more because guys always wanna be able to find I think that guys low-key always wanna find that one girl that they that they want to settle down with, even though they want to play games. But in the short run, girls are gonna look at it and be like, damn, unless like yo was really serious with one girl and you was messing with the friend on the side. So it's like in the long run, the guys always gonna feel it more. So they're gonna be like, dang, like. This is a girl that I was feeling, or this is a girl I was talking to. Unless y'all was just both trying to smash, but like it depends on the situation. I think in the long run, if you if they're looking for a relationship, I think a guys won't feel it more, but I think a girl's just gonna be like, damn, that's crazy, and then keep it pushing, keep it a stack.
0: No, I agree with that. I th- I feel as though like, like you said, yeah. So I I think like Toby said, it, it
1: it depends. Like if y'all both talking to her trying to wife her up, that's one thing. But if y'all both trying to smash, I don't think it were like, go ahead do your thing, I'll fall back. Well, we could both ask if anything, you know what I'm saying? Either or, but dudes definitely be in their feelings. And a lot of dudes in that situation will try to act like it's not bothering them, but deep inside, <laughs> that should be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that shit
2: hurt,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you be like, you be like, uh, for real though. Like, I thought you, yeah, like, they, they might hit it with, hit it with hit the hit with hit the shorty with a text aside, like, you talking, you talking to my mans too, like. Yeah, I thought, I thought I thought we had something special. You feel me? It's like, yeah, or like you said, don't put on the front in front of the homies, but be, but deep down inside, bro, that's me. eating be, them be, up, Eat them up. Oh no, nah, I know, yo, know, I'm a, I'm gonna be a little bit transparent. I mean,
2: Mills, you know about this story, but Shane. there there's this there's a situation I have that I'm I guess not really dealing with, but I got there's a dude that has beef with me, right? And what had happened was that this dude, he had um. He was talking to this girl. This was way before I even got to Rutgers when I was still like, I was still in community college. He was messing, he was messing with this girl. That was his joan or whatever. Came in, I was pledging. I know this girl. I know none of this. Next thing you know, um, we find out, like, you know, like we had our barbecue, whatever. Find out that like Bull messed with like four of her friends, right? Barbecued, they was throwing shit at him. It was going off on him. It was a big ass scene. I didn't even know. I was pissed drunk, so I didn't know I didn't know the vibes at all. Like I was somewhere doing my own thing. Come to find out that summer they had a housewarming party. Here I am, me and my line brothers is that in the third week cooling. She come over to me drunk as hell. Oh, my gosh, hey, moose, yeah kissing up on me. ma. Like, nah,
1: this is this is the type of weekend I'm about to
2: have. I just crossed, I got my letters on, I was I was gonna fly, whatever cool some things happen. yeah i was Words. fresh out fresh baldy everything at the scully in the summertime that's how you knew how fresh out i was anyway so we was we was cooling or whatever we i didn't even sleep with the joint come to find out oh that's so-and-so's joint i'm like oh but they're not together right? not they not together come to find out a whole year or two later year or two later bull finds out i don't even know how he found out next thing you know i see him He trying to start a scene he's trying to do this that and the third like yo i want to fight, yada, yada, yada. I'll make an example out of you. Da, da, da. I'm like, bro, like, bro, we could have talked about this. Like, had I had known I was your girl, I would never have talked to her. You get what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, you can't really be mad because it's like, you was messing with her friends. And then she came on to me and nobody told me the vibes. Because y'all know me. Like, if if you messing with a girl, if you messing with a girl and y'all both want her, like, girls are not that important to me for me to be like, oh, yeah, nah, like, we're going to compete. Like, I don't. I don't have time for that. There's plenty. There's plenty of women in the world. So he's mad or whatever. like nah, I'm not fucking with you. Da 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 da. Fuck you, you pussy. Da da da. All right, cool. Like, awesome shit happened. We ended up fighting over some John. But point is, is that nigga. Yeah, you said a
0: year or two later. That's what I was about to say
1: that's yeah. the first
2: thing I said.
1: Yeah, a year or two later. Come on, that's not niggas. Be niggas. Be heard about that shit, man. A they year or two later, you should be over that, my man. You got to be, be ever- over that,
0: bro. That's yeah.
1: way in the past.
0: He was holding he that Vendetta a for a minute. Guy. He was on that Vendetta. But the other thing that stood out was, like, y'all didn't even know. Like, he didn't even communicate with nobody that he was rocking with the John or whatever it was. Like, nobody had, like, no clue. Yeah. Had I
2: personally known, I'm not that type of person, you feel me? Like, I'm always, like, my homie, my homies is always going to be important to me. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going to jeopardize my friendship over a John. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I, if I have. If I'm assuming that y'all don't mess with each other, I should have asked. Maybe I don't know. Like I should have asked my homies. Like, yo, do you know if anybody messed with so and so? But I mean, it is what it is. Granted, but it was just like I just found it funny because it's like niggas really do be sensitive over girls, bro. O d sensitive. That's a fact. And
0: the last thing. The last thing. heart. Yeah, the last thing I want to ask about this. Um, I saw. I saw. Um, it was like a quote. I think I feel it was on Twitter, or Instagram, like on someone's story, and it said, "If she looks, she took. Like, is she not yours no more, buddy? What do y'all think about that?" If 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 you out with your shorty, your girl, whatever it may be, your wifey, and she, you know I'm saying she's scoping, not scoping, be I'm saying she sees she sees somebody else pull up. You know what I'm saying her attention on that. Do you feel like if she looks, she took? How do um, you? I, I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think, me, me me personally, I don't think so. But
1: I don't necessarily agree with that. People is always gonna look people are never going to stop being attracted to somebody else that's just a fact you know what i'm saying because it's, it's good looking people out there in the world period you know what i'm saying i'm sure my girl sees dudes that are that she finds attractive and vice versa that's never going to happen but having a look is one thing like if you you know sneaking a peek is cool but you you glaring you watching them motherfucker for the walk through the whole whatever the situation may be then you know that's a little bit of cause for concern there but i don't think you're ever going to stop seeing people you attracted to Yeah, yeah,
2: it's weird because it's like I I just have a problem with people in dating nowadays. Because everybody just assume that they're supposed to be like the most attractive person in your in your partner's life. It's like there's always gonna be someone that look better than you. There's always gonna be somebody that you know may have more muscles than you. Like for girls, there may be a girl that look better than you. She may have a bigger ass, may have bigger titties. But it's like it's not really about that. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody is always like we're all we're all moving into a into a phase in the dating world we're all visual creatures because of social media so when you see somebody that's mad attractive you're like dang like she look good or oh my gosh like he's really handsome like we're all becoming visual creatures you know what i'm saying so it's like if a girl looking like it's not about whether or not you look it's about how you act on it if you're with your homegirls you know oh my gosh she's cute but you know i got a man like i don't gotta deal with it that's perfectly fine you know what i'm saying but it's like for me to sit here and just say, "Oh my gosh, she's seen somebody attractive," I don't got her no more. That's like saying, like at this point, she might as well just not watch TV. Like Drake be on TV, Odell be on TV, everybody be on TV. Does that mean Odell's gonna come take my girl? No, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: you I just don't know. Your joint. It's like, no, I'm, just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But nah, <laughs> nah, I feel you though. I just, I just, I tell your thoughts because it was like a little um, conversation about, it and I'm just like, I don't, I don't agree with it. Like you said there's always there's always gonna be somebody that looks better maybe more financially stable whatever it may be but he's not your person not your person like you said people are always gonna look no matter what like it's just human nature it's human nature at the end of the day but yep. let's get into the more serious stuff we had a nice little banter about some about that I just had to get that off my chest because it was some funny thoughts um but yo let's get into sleepy joe man let's get into sleepy joe and and the backlash he's getting already after he had what was it a town hall that he had in Wisconsin Toby? Um,
2: yeah he had a town hall and like he had a town hall in Wisconsin on CNN um, where people came to talk to him about like just like certain matters that they had um and yeah it was a cause of concern for me um for most of the audience who don't know um, somebody came up and they proposed that you know everybody have their debt um fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt be removed his exact words were I will not do that. Um, and he said that he, I'm paraphrasing now, his, he was saying along the lines of he didn't want to put people in a situation where, um, the people who went to Ivy League schools, the Yales, the Harvards, the Penns, they get their, they get their loans forgiven and everyone else, and everyone else is still going to have to pay significant amount of loans. Um, and yeah, that's a cause of concern for me. Um, it's a very big cause of concern for me, um, just because of the fact of like, you kind of have to understand, like, and this is why, this is why statistics and people paying such stuff is important. Like Joe went to UD, right? He didn't go to an Ivy League, Ivy League university for law school or undergrad. And so what's, what's funny to me is that most of the people that go to Ivy League schools don't have a lot of federal loan debt. You know what I'm saying? Because those schools are very, very close knit. There's a lot, there's a small, there's a smaller institution. You know what I'm saying? And I, I read an article actually this morning when someone from um Harvard was saying that like most of those Ivy League schools really prevent a lot of the students from taking out a significant amount of loans. So it's like going to that going to that argument, it's like, okay, you're saying that you don't want the Ivy League students to get their loans forgiven, but they don't really have a lot of debt to begin with. So it's like, what are you really trying to prevent here? You know, and I feel like it's interesting because it's like Everybody that was voting for Joe Biden, he's going to forgive student loan debt. He's going to help the African-American community. He's going to fix the, he's going to do better with the pandemic. He's going to do better, all these things. It's like, in my opinion, nothing has really changed
0: Let me stop you at there. all. Let me stop you there. So with that being said, because like you said with the debt part, that's like, that was, that was a big thing that a lot of people were banking on too, as well. That's kind of like, that was pushed a lot in, in his agenda on his presidential run um, for, um, for the Ken. Can- for the candidacy of the president of the United States and stuff like that. And now for him to say that, and then on top of that, he also went into saying that minorities and and um, people in inner city or rural areas, they don't know how to necessarily go online. And what was it? Go online and like use the internet?
2: Yeah, use the find internet. Out. He was implying that they weren't able to find out how to get the information to get the coronavirus vaccine. That's why there's not a lot of people, a lot of minorities going to get the vaccine.
0: So I'm going I'm to I'm pass it to Shannon on this one. You hear When you hear that, and just based on like, not you personally, but the way we've seen people advocating for him, oh, he's going to do this, him him and uh, Kamala Harris are going to do this, they're going to do that. And for him to come out blatantly say, I'm not doing that, not doing what I said I was going to basically say on, on my run. How do you feel about that just as a citizen in general?
1: Uh, Well, first off, it doesn't surprise me, not in the slightest. Uh, was never in love with either of the candidates that are running for presidency. We made that very clear on the show, even when it came to Biden and Harris, not really sold on either one of them. Um, you go back and look at Joe's history. It's not surprising what he said, how he's thinking. Uh, they make all these promises to get in office. They don't come through on a lot of them. That was probably one of the biggest ones why, why he was voted in was the student loan debt. i tell you, and um, it's not surprising. Uh, it's sad, it's frustrating. Because you can already see you just started your presidency, is like the very beginning stages of it. What are the next four years going to look like?
0: No, that's a that's a fact. And then um, Toby, to that to that same thought, you being someone that's heavy into like politics and, and pays like close attention to what's going on, does that kind of does that kind of put up your guard when it comes to the comes Comes to Biden, even though you weren't you weren't a person that was really sold on him either, you were kind of a person that kind of like, I would say like treaded the line between holding people accountable because you weren't really sold on them. So like when you heard what, what Biden said and him just, like I said, like I said, asked to Shannon blatantly saying, nah, I'm not doing this or attacking certain communities for, and saying they're not intelligent enough to do certain things when it comes to certain tasks. How does that make you feel personally?
2: I didn't. It's the same thing that I've been talking about. Like, it's like, like I said last, like at the beginning of last season, it's like, it's gonna be interesting when race relations come up and race relations become a topic because it's like most of this thing, most of the things that happen now have to do with race. Statistically, we see that most of the people who carry student debt are minorities, like African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, people people of that nature. And so it's like it's really interesting to see that now all of a sudden it's something that you are banking on and you saw that a large amount of minority people came to vote for you to have that removed. And now all of a sudden it's, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I just want to put money in early education. It's like people are not looking for that right now. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic and you guys have to vote just to give us money when people have been filing for unemployment for months. You know what I'm saying? Like, and on top of that, people still have to worry about loans, even though it's on pause or um, or I think the interest rates are on pause until like September or something like that. And it's like there's so many moving parts that are going on. And if you just want to appease people, make things easy, you could have just did that. But my thing is that you didn't. You just it sounds like you kind of sold a lie, though. I think he's probably going to remove some debt, hopefully. Will I be surprised if he doesn't? no. I don't think that that was his agenda coming in. I think his agenda was to say anything he needed to say to get the vote and then for him to now go and fulfill his agenda politically. Because I think every, every president has a specific agenda. Like Trump had his agenda. His agenda hasn't, has been the same since he ran for president the first time back in like 2000. Right. And so I just think that like going forward, it's just going to be very, very interesting to see how. Biden is going to move, especially when 2024 comes around and you Donald Trump is coming to run for president again, and people are really, really looking at him because people were really saying this. We're holding you accountable this year. We're holding you accountable. So now it's like the people who were praising, saying that we got Joe Biden in office, saying that you know Trump is out of office. What are y'all gonna do now? Because he's not doing half the shit that he said he was gonna do. You know what I mean? So
0: that's a that's and
1: and and I, I'll say to say something about like the whole black community, that shit is just a slap in the face. Like you got some you got some balls just coming out and just saying that about an entire group of people. You know what I'm saying? So it's already like you're already not off to a good start. And this is why people was shaky about putting you in office in the first place.
0: No, that's that's a fact. My my biggest thing with the whole that's not it just specifically Biden, but just I would say this last this last year and a half, two years, is that when things happen, current state, nobody comes up with solutions for how to fix the now. It's always, oh, we're gonna do this five, ten years from now to to help this in the future, whatever it may be. What are people gonna? What are what are politicians gonna do for the now? Like how 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 come no one is trying to implement anything to affect the now in a positive light? Why is why is there no action being taken to to adjust things like the natural disaster that happened in Texas, or or even or even student loan debt, like we talked, like why 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 don't why doesn't anybody plan for the, for that?
2: Because I think the biggest problem with it is that people bank. The biggest problem I think with politicians is that they move. They have an agenda that they want to that they want to move, and they move that agenda with the assumption that they're going like their party is going to stay in office for X amount of years. Does that make sense? So it's like mm. Joe Biden's Joe Biden's whole spiel, I guess, during his term in office is to unify the parties. But the reality is that like, it, it's a little bit far-fetched because it's like you're trying to unify people who have essentially shown that you guys think about things on two different sides of the spectrum, at least where it appears that you guys do. Mm. And so for me, it's like, you want to unify the, dem- the Democrats and the Republicans, But it's like, how do you plan on doing that when it's like you have people like Mitch McConnell and half of the Republican Party who are still super loyal to Trump? You get what I'm saying? It's like, how do you plan on doing that? And now you want to appease the Republicans by saying, "Hey, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I want the Republicans hand in it." And like I've been saying, it's like you want to do all these things for these people when you're not even get you didn't even get the same type of thought when they had control of the House and the Senate. So it's like, for me, it's like, it, it, it seems really, really far-fetched that you're trying to do this, especially because we know Trump is going to run again. And just based off the fact that he just got, he just got acquitted again, they're all going to run back and support him. So it's like, how do you sit here and tell me now that Joe Biden, who's essentially told us that Black people and minorities can't think and can't use the internet, the guy who essentially ran on making false empty promises is now going to sit here and unify us with a party that's already shown time and time again that they're whites that they they are associated with white supremacists that they all want to sit here and move to the sound of trump's horn and most importantly don't give a fuck about the Republican the democrats it's not going to happen and it, it's just sad because it's like it gets frustrating because it's like we want to put hope into Democrats. We want to sit here and do all these different things. We had so many people lose friendships because they said they weren't going to vote for Biden. We lost people, just even, even on middle school things, followers for saying Biden is this type of person. Us coming at Kamala Harris for who she is. All for this to happen. And all we get now was them taking pictures of them walking and talking on the phone in the White House. Like, right. It's childish. It's childish, bro. It's
1: childish. I'll, I'll ask you guys, like, do you guys think that there was too much time spent on the election just trying to win and not much, not much time putting together a plan on what they were going to do if they won the election? Because my thing is, all the things that you said you were going to do in your election, they should already be in motion. I don't want to hear about no five-year plan. I don't want to hear about no eight-year plan. I want to hear about the things you promised on should already be in motion when you come into office. So I feel like a lot of their time was really spent on just Winning the election and not really having a plan on what to do once they won the election. And that and that because things should already be in motion. That is like the now. Pinches thing. be happening now. That is the big mm-hmm,
2: that is the biggest thing. Like it's like and this is why for me I was caping for Elizabeth Warren so much. Not because of the fact I'm a socialist, not because of the fact of like she's the person that's probably gonna solve all the problems, but she had a plan. She had a plan everyone else that went in there trump didn't have a plan joe biden and kamala harris's plan was okay we're just going to get the black vote and they got it and it's like elizabeth warren came in had a legitimate plan to sit here and say yeah i want to work with wall street i'm going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do this bernie was a little bit extreme but we're we're not going to touch that but this is exactly what happens when you want to sit here and fulfill your own agenda. Now you put people in a position where it's like, now, if anything else really starts to happen, people are just going to look at Joe Biden, extremely crazy, like, I'm not going to vote for you. I'm not. You that's, know what I'm saying? And
0: that's, um, that's tragic. Um, that's one of the common themes I kind of, I kind of saw in, in, in the debates that they were having, that every time someone asked, like, oh, how are you going to get this done? How are you going to do this? No one really had a straight, direct answer about, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this to make this happen. Even when it came down to... The um, student loan debts and stuff like that. I did. I never heard a, a, a concrete plan of how they were going to get that done. So that was just like smoke and mirrors for me. Like I didn't believe in one second when they said that. You feel me? And and like you said, um, even when it comes to Trump, he didn't really have a plan there. People were just planning on, all right, how are we going to win this election and worry about everything else once we get into office. That's 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 mm-hmm. how, that's how I looked at it. It's like it's like uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's just it's 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 hockey. I'm not gonna call it demoralized. It is kind of demoralizing to the people because you you put all it this is. you put you it put is. all this, you put all this hope into hope in in, in, in I guess I'll even call it pride because like Toby said, people unfollowing people unfriending people whatever it may be you put all this hope and pride and and someone coming in with like I said a concrete plan to to change people's situation and then when it happens. Nothing's being moved. Like the needle hasn't been moved. Like I don't expect the needle to be moved so much because it's only the beginning of the presidency. But it, ha- I feel like it hasn't been moved at all.
1: Yeah, and I think that also adds to the divide that w- that it already was between the, the two parties of, of amongst the citizens, right? Because now Republicans and Trump supporters will come back and say, "See, told you not to vote this motherfucking office. Look at what's happening now. Ain't shit changed." So that's just going to make the divide even bigger because there was people that was. Caping hard for Biden, too. How can you defend him now? You can't. You can't. It's not
2: even even just that. It's going to be even harder to, it's going to create an even bigger divide between the people, just in between single parties. Like, think about it. Like, the Democrats, you have the the super extreme liberal socialists who, who want extreme socialism because they feel like that's the key to everything. You have the people who are in the middle, and you have the people who want to keep everything, the status quo. And the biggest problem is now that, like, you're looking at it and it's like, well, we wanted Bernie in office. You guys didn't want Bernie, and now look what happened. Now you guys all look dumb as shit. The people in the middle is like, okay, well, it's like, Bernie is not the solution, but we all knew Joe Biden wasn't the solution. And because Bernie's not here, you know, we had a better chance of having Bernie f- fix our problems rather than Joe Biden, but he's not here no more, so we have to vote for Joe. So it's like, it makes you feel pissed because it's like going back to the whole original statement, just even as African Americans of, my vote doesn't count, like, this is a prime example of what African-Americans talk about when we say our vote doesn't count. Like, 90-some 90, 90 percent of Black women voted Joe Biden into office. Most of these pe- most of these Black women go, go to school, go to college, get their degree. So now you now, t- now need to tell me that they did all this, put him in office. Oh, yeah, I will not do that because I don't want the Ivy League students to get their loans forgiven when they don't even have much loans to, for- to forgive in the first place. So now who who... Now, who really has the the um the the, the huge burden right now? It's you black think, women.
0: Do you, do you do you think you know what I'm saying? saying? Do you think it's solely black women though? Because I know that's like kind of like a, a key point in a lot of your arguments when it comes to certain things. But do you think that's the the sole factor in which we can put that whole burden on? There, I don't think we can just put the whole burden on one specific like one specific demographic I, of people.
2: No, I don't I don't mean burden in the sense of it's their fault. That's not what I mean. I mean it's a burden in the sense of they came and said we want to vote for Joe Biden because we feel that Joe Biden is going to hear us and he's going to solve our problems. So now the what I mean by burden is gonna go back to all right, now we did all this for what? And now I feel like I went I went out of my way, like a lot of black women do feel like I went out of my way to cape for this person. And ain't shit might not happen. And that's what I mean by burden. It's like the burden of feeling like you went out of your way for somebody and they just cut your hand. You know what I'm saying? And I think. Are you
0: you referring to him as like, are you referring to the specific group just because of the percentage? You say 90 percent because they were the largest group in which they voted for Biden or.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. How much Do you think Kamala had to play with that, too? That's what I was going to ask.
2: No, yeah. No, Kamala had a huge role to play in that. But the reality is right now is that Kamala Harris isn't the president. You know what I'm yes. saying? It's like Kamala Harris did her job. Like Kamala Harris's job at that point in time was to get all the Black people to vote. You get know what I'm saying? Like to get a majority of Black women to vote. And it happened. Now it's up to Joe to sit here and keep these people satisfied. Because now the reality of the situation is now coming in. The reality of the situation is now that we know how Black women are. I'm not saying this in a bad way, but it's like they're going to hold you accountable. If they don't see shit change, they, they're going to come and they're going to be angry. You get what I mean? So it's like, my thing is that for Joe, it, it would behoove him, you know, it would behoove him a lot to sit here and actually target the people who put him in office. And if he doesn't, it's just going to be a situation where let's not be surprised if Republicans end up in the House in 2024 or Republicans win Congress with, in 2024.
0: With even with presidencies, though, like we even go back to Trump's presidency, his um presidency, his target was... Wasn't necessarily like when he was running, when he was running for president, he kind of targeted the the um the poor white Americans. You feel me? But when he got into office, he kind of like forgot about them in the same light. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like that's a common factor when it comes to president. They'll, they know what they need to win. So they're going to target that group of people. But when they get in office, that may not be their main priority. I mean, he, politicians. Yeah, that's what that's
2: nah, you, you're You're right on that, that he did do that. But where my problem comes in about it is that, like, the difference between poor white people and poor black and poor black people is that black people, they'll, they'll be OK with struggling as long as they know that they're right. Like, we have a sense of pride to us, even if we're poor, even if we're poor. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is like a black woman. She'll be like, all right, cool. Like, you're not going to help me. I'll be poor and figure it out myself. They would rather be poor and figure it out themselves and struggle for an extra year or two than to sit here and be like, all right, I'll be right. I'm, I'm gonna not be right in this situation, and then still go vote for, still go vote for this person, and still go support this person. Nah, black women are perfectly capable of doing that, me, and I think me, that that. Mm-hmm.
0: Let me let me let me let me ask, since we're three black men, let me ask how you think black men feel in this situation? Because I don't, I'm not necessarily when the numbers came. I don't, I don't know which which um, percentage was more towards like the Republican side, Democratic side in this in this election specifically. You might be more knowledgeable on that, um, Toby, on this, but let me ask y'all, how do you, like, I asked y'all how y'all felt, but like when it comes to, are you going to be angry when it comes to, it, since we weren't, since none of us really kind of like were too gung-ho about either side, like are, is anybody going to necessarily, do you think we're going to be as up in arms, I guess you could say, when things don't I go. I think we'll the-
1: be as an up in arms, but not as, maybe not as vocal. Because I, I think that, uh, I don't know, like I say, like you said, I don't know the numbers either, but there was also a lot of black men that voted for Biden as well. You know, it to, was like, to, it to was Trump out of office. It was 89% of black men voted for Joe Biden.
2: um, And it was like 12% of, 12, like 12, 11% voted for um Donald Trump. I mean, everybody, as a black man, is just, it's not surprising because we see this shit all the time. It's like, it's like, I feel like I said this before, and it's like it's, you're, you're picking between you're picking between who's going to shoot you and who's going to stab you. Like it's like there's no difference. You get what I'm saying? The Republicans are open, overtly racist. The Democrats are cons- like are very, very privately racist. And it's like as a black man, there was really no difference because a lot of the conservatives have said it. Um, they've said it. People who People who look at liberals, liberals say that they want to do all these things, but they don't really help you. Like, they'll push, we want to we wanna help the black community. There's so many things wrong in Chicago, Philadelphia. We want to help all these people. But they don't do shit the whole time. Like, right? Republicans, at least, they're sitting here saying, okay, yeah, nah, we don't really like niggas like that. But we still believe that everybody can work their ass off to get where they need to be. You get what I'm saying? And it's like... For me, as a black man, I'll just use my opinion is that for me. It's just like it sound bad, but I'm not saying like it sound better coming from a Republican saying that, yo, I believe that everybody still needs to work hard to get what they want compared to saying, oh, my gosh, we want to help you, but you're not getting stuff done, because that means you're not a man of your word. You know what I'm saying? It's like at least if I'm going to somebody that says you're racist or I hate niggas, but I'm gonna still hire you because I still think that everybody needs to work their ass off. I would rather talk to somebody like that than somebody promising me something. And I bank on that and it doesn't happen. Because then at least I developed at least a bit more bread working for somebody that that may not like me, but they've given me an opportunity to at least put myself in a better position, but not better than that person. So it's like, as a black man, it's just the same thing that all the conservative black men were talking about, that like, yeah
0: ain't I don't shit know. gonna happen i don't know how i feel about that like when you put in that scenario saying you would rather work for someone that's openly doesn't like you that doesn't that doesn't want to do this doesn't want to do that because i don't know if I, I would even though they know you're gonna they know you're gonna hire you because they know you're gonna work hard whatever it may be but i don't know if i'll just be comfortable in that situation in grand scheme of things knowing that yeah, you're gonna be working hard, but they're gonna keep you at they might keep you at a level where you can't get to a certain point because they don't like you, they blatantly don't like you. So we're gonna let you work hard, we're gonna let you get your little bread, but you ain't gonna be where we're at.
1: You so I I'll I, I put it like I, I,
0: mm-hmm. I, I think I think
1: from what I'm taking with so from what Toby's trying to say is that it's it's frustrating for for like he's saying when someone makes you all these promises and they don't come through on them. It makes you yeah. It makes you feel lower, and it, and it kind of makes you feel like, damn, I look fucking dumb now. Here I am, like, caping for fucking Biden, and he ain't even doing shit for me. Thanks. So that, so that's what I took from what he just said there, pretty
0: much. No, I understand that, but, but what, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm basically trying to get at is, we shouldn't have to choose from one or the other, in my opinion. I agree. Oh, you're it, shouldn't right. to, it shouldn't be limited to just all right, you have to pick this side, a person that's gonna mm-hmm. lie to you about everything, and you gotta, like Toby said, get your hopes and dreams or whatever it may be up and get all gung-ho just for them to let you down. Oh, but if you don't want that, all right, we're gonna suck it up, put our what they call pick your bootstraps, whatever, tighten your tie and go work for someone that blatantly hates you just because you want to get a dollar at the end of the day. All
1: right, I but like, I mean mm-hmm. it's I the world like, we live in, sadly. It,
0: it is the world we live in, but I feel like there has to be some type of way where we can. We can create something or find somebody that can make something happen. I already know where I already know who you're about to go. With this, but there has the, to, the only be. way is we gotta go into we gotta go into business for ourselves.
1: That's really the only way. <laughs> Almost like like maybe if like
2: there was a place that you know. African Americans could go oh, to. Man. <laughs> where, you know, oh man! Oh, I didn't invest. think he was going to take it. There, we, could we could invest money. I didn't think he we was going to take it. There. I knew he what was doing it. Right when like I said it, it. <laughs> right when I said that <laughs> <it. I laughs> he oh. looked like us, and we can make bread <laughs> and stay there. Bo- 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 we'll lean bo- all, all way to the sun. Very, very. I didn't think he was going to take it. we so don't have to take the white man's money. Only if there was a place in the world where we could go to. Where we can, we can sit here, invest in people
1: that look like us, and we can now. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> that again, right? Let, let's talk about that, because we talked about it before. Are Africans that, let's take Nigeria, for example, right? That's your home. Mm-hmm. Are they going to want us there? Or are we going to get the same, not the same thing but are, they, are we going to be looked down upon if we go there as well? As a Nigerian, no. man, I'm asking
2: no like you got to understand like what africa's also starting to realize is that uh, they people in africa nigeria ghana they i'm talking about people that are our age they see the racism the people that are a little bit older they're always going to have their mindset that's why nigeria is the way that it is right so when you have the younger people that look like us see what's going on with us we can relate with them because we we saw what happened with sars you know what i'm saying so it's like seeing the certain seeing the seeing the similarities in our struggle, we should understand that like there shouldn't be any reason that if I go to Nigeria and I go see a 25-year-old man, that he's not gonna sit here and look at me differently. Ghana, for example, and looking at Ghana, just looking at Africa as a whole, like Ghana offers is offering citizenship to people. They're offering citizenship to people. You get what I'm saying? So it's like they're welcoming people that look like us to come back to Africa. So that's how it's like, it creates that leverage. You don't want to feel like you're stuck here. And that's why it's like, for me, it's, it's never been about, I'm not saying we have to go to specifically one country. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, is that when you look at it in a smaller way, capitalism and the, the United States and how they've essentially oppressed African-Americans is on a bigger scale, the same way Europe, Great Britain, France, all these countries have essentially oppressed Africa. You get what I'm saying? To the point where we're relying on the UK to give us business deals and different countries to give us business deals. But that shouldn't be the case. My line brother had brought up a very, very good point because he's from St. Lucia and he was working at Goldman Sachs at the time. And he was like, yo, why am I living in New York, working for Goldman Sachs, when I could really just go back to to my home, go back to where I live, use the money, work from home because we're in a pandemic, why can't I just take my Goldman Sachs money, move home, and use that money and invest? And that's what he's doing now. He was working for Goldman for a whole year and took that salary, saved it, and he was just spend like he was just being a consumer in in Saint Lucia. And so my thought process was like, "Damn, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but imagine if we had another pandemic, God forbid, right? And everybody and all the African Americans are like, you know what? Let's just all go to Ghana. Hypothetically speaking, we all got passports. Do you know that?" And we worked using American salaries and spent that in Ghana. Do you understand how much money and how much revenue we would put into Ghana? And now just think about us just bringing ourselves into an African continent and just spending money like that. You know how much money that would bring into the continent? You know how much that would help just because of how creative and how business minded African American are in America? And that's why it's like, I I, I get it. I don't. I get upset because it's like, we have the solution, but there's no organization in order to execute the solution. Like, and that's why I, I look at it. It's like, we're sitting here caping for Biden and Trump, but it's like, we can sit here and go get citizenship in Ghana and we can live there essentially for the rest of our lives. I
0: think, I think it's cause, I think it's because, bro, there's no there's no common voice for that, for what you're saying right now. There's no common, common voice, you know what I'm saying? Like when you have one side or the other when it comes to Biden or Trump, there's a common voice, there's a common sound, there's a common, there's a common like belief system in it. You feel me? I feel like there hasn't been I'm not gonna say there hasn't been anybody, but I feel like there hasn't been enough individuals to create that belief system to 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 show not to show us that it's tangible, because obviously it's tangible just based off examples you gave us, but I feel like it's not in our I don't know, it's not in our face enough. Like I feel like in our generation, stuff has to be in our face for us to see it, to make it tangible for then to us to go and do it, if that makes sense.
1: Nah, yeah. I think you're right. Let I English, you can go, Shane. Let me ask you, are you like, are you first generation, like American raised? Yeah, like I'm
2: the I'm the first. Yeah. Me and my brother, and my sister, like the first me and like my brothers and sisters and my cousins, we're like the first generation mm-hmm. of Nigerians that were raised in
1: America. Gotcha. So let me ask you, do your parents plan like do do your parents plan on moving back to Nigeria eventually? Um i mean they probably not my question left. will be mm-hmm. why is it that a lot of africans also come here to seek things that would be my question to you so the first question my parents may not like me saying this but they buying a house
2: in in nigeria and they're like you better keep it whatever yada 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 so yeah they have mm-hmm. plans of going back and forth my parents okay. have a business here so they want to obviously my parents are eventually going to sell the business anyways but so probably going to end up going back to nigeria that's number got one got you got you man. um Number two, the, the problem is, it's the it goes back to the mindset, right? Like, when you grew up, look, well, when a lot of Nigerians grew up, like, a lot of these people, like, my dad is older than Nigeria. Like, Nigeria just recently became a free country, so I don't like to use, I, like, I use Nigeria as an example, but I don't always use it just because there's other countries developmentally that are better, like South Africa, for example, um, you yeah, have Egypt a little bit, you know, things of that nature, but that's besides the point, but... The problem is that the older generation have put into our minds that if you go to America, you stay in America, you'll have good money. You'll have a good family. You'll have a good life. But it's like the biggest problem with a lot of Africans is that they equate a good life to a good career and money, which to an extent is true. You know what I'm saying? But what ends up happening is that when you live here long enough, you kind of start to understand and see that like most of this shit is not there's nothing different. It's just it's just organized better. Like if we had the mindset of say like a Dr. Umar Johnson and say, just like, I mean, just using myself, someone like myself and a lot of young thought leaders who thought about having better organization in Africa, Africa wouldn't have a problem. But the problem is the problem is that there's a lot of money hungry people. And there's a lot of people who ascribe to European, European culture. And because of European culture and the white, culture is so embedded in african culture the idea is that Africa is not a good place to live you know what i'm saying i don't know if that makes sense
0: but nah, that makes sense because i was about to say i feel as though like based on like um the western media the western um just culture in general just like even when we were coming up all when we watched like television all the ads that were for africa feed the children whatever it may be made it look mm-hmm. like it's just a rundown whatever nobody wants to go there it's deserted whatever it is but when, now that we're older and you see, and we and i have friends like you other friends that are from from over there and you actually see like my boy natu he's over in south africa right now he's me, he sends me snaps and videos all the time of like what it looks like he's like his place is beautiful bro because he's he's a reaching you feel me so yeah um, so he's just showing he's over there for about a month and i'm just like bro i need to get out i said i told you this before too i told toby this too I need, I need to get out there i want to see what it's like when so i can see for myself feel and i feel like that plays a huge part as well as the is the, is the mindset and the image that we have of what Africa looks like. That's the most you know yes,
1: problem.
0: You feel me? And I feel like that, that may be a reason that people are so taken aback. Like, why would we do that when we have this right here? You feel me? Why would we?
2: That's the, that's my, that's always been my thing. It's always been like, and that's why like, I've always been offended by like the concept of like people feel like Africans are not welcoming like it's all about the people that you talk to if you talk to somebody that grew up who grew up and was there for the civil war in nigeria there's no way that you're gonna think that any african is gonna want you in that country you know what i'm saying to an extent i would even think that just because i grew up here you know what i'm saying so it's like when you talk to the younger crowd and they see what's going on you're, you're gonna find that you can relate to them a lot more than what you think you know, like the same way that we have young inventors that are like 12, 13 years old here, like there are inventors in Nigeria that build supercomputers and build all these different things from 20 year old old parts. You get what I'm saying? And it's like when you see that connection and you see like this is somebody that looks like me that has less that is building something or this is somebody that looks like me that wants to make a difference in America, who makes to make a difference in Africa you're going to start to change your mind. And this is why, like, for me, like, I've always been a preacher about, like, going back to what we were talking about, appearance. Appearance is everything. When everything is, when everything appears that, oh, my gosh, Africa, Africa is this poor, written-down place. Yeah, there's poor places, but at the same time, so there's poor places in America. You know what I'm saying? Of course. course. You know what I'm saying? And there's poor white people. You know what I'm saying? But they're never, they're never, Never they're never on the media. Yeah, they're never shown. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, when you look at it like that, And when people see the most beautiful parts of Africa, you know what I'm saying? Not even just from a standpoint of just saying you have nice buildings, but just seeing the beauty of people that look like you just living in beautiful forest trees, just having people just relaxing and just feeling comfortable. You're going to understand that like the way people talk about America, I'm not saying America doesn't have its pros or it doesn't have great positives, but you'll start to see that it's not the differences, the similarities and differences are really not that different from each other. They're closer than what you think.
0: Facts, facts. Now nah, that was a good, that was a good little um explanation about everything as well. And just to get us back on track to what we were talking about before, um, before we transition to what's going on and what happened in Texas, what type of run do y'all Ooh. think Trump, what, what type of run do y'all think Trump's about to go on in 2024? Because he's coming back with a vengeance. Yes, he
1: is. <laughs> he is, he is going to come. He's going to come strong and his fucking supporters are going to be off this year's bro. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fucking wild. And I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be crazy. All you're going to hear is, see, I told you these last four years was this. Told y'all Joe Biden was this. I think it's going to be madness. Absolute he's coming,
2: madness. He's coming crazy. He's coming <laughs> crazy. Like I want everybody to understand what this man is going to come crazy in the next. I'm telling you, if he doesn't fulfill anything that he said in the next two or three years it's
1: dubs. You thought everything back in. 2016. And I really think because that, of the way that. I think because of the way that that um, people saw how people came out to support Biden, people are going to be coming out to support Trump like crazy, bro. Like crazy. And it might. And, and it's either going to be it's either going to be a tighter election than it was this past time, or Biden's is going to get blown out the water. I, I
0: said, <laughs> you don't. You're not looking forward to, bro. I just don't know what to. I don't know what to expect. You feel me? Like you feel me? I feel like it's going to be a like beyond our our wildest like imaginations, like what we can comprehend about what can potentially chaos. Happen. You feel me? Because like you said, we never thought the capital thing was going to ever happen, and that happened. So it's like you can only imagine what. What once this man's gonna go to to retaliate? Get back to everybody that tried to get him out of office, get back to everybody that tried to impeach him and all this stuff. Cause I feel, I can already hear right now. He's gonna be he's gonna be on that podium. They tried to impeach me for the second time and they couldn't do it. And I'm still standing. He's gonna he's gonna use that something like that to to rally rally his troops. And it's gonna be, and it's gonna be, oh my gosh. And it's gonna be the election's gonna be. I think a battle for the ages. We thought this one was going to be the one for the history. I think twenty twenty four is going to be the one that's going to be like, are we gonna are we gonna push forward as a country, or is it going to be something where, not at a so we might take steps back because people are going to be located, literally at war with each other, bro.
1: You want my honest opinion? And so real quick, real quick, let me say something real quick before you go to. And I think something that's crazy about the next election is both of these men will be in their eighties. Biden already is. If Biden can't even make it to the next election, these men are going to be in their 80s. Do we want to continue to have these older men beating the ones that are running this country? You know what I'm saying? It's I'm not looking forward to it at all. Go ahead, Tobe. I've just...
2: I said it last time. I'm going to say it again. This dictatorship is coming.
0: Don't it's coming. It, bro. Don't put that in the air. Do not put that energy in the bro, air. Bro,
2: it's, it's in the air. It's like... It's not even me. It's in the air already. I, I've been smelling it for the past three, four, five, six months. You think about it, Hitler is the Hitler and Trump are the same exact nigga, same exact people. Trump blame Mexicans, blame all these different people for the reason why America is not this. Uh huh.
1: No. Uh huh. No. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Toby, you, can't no, no, no. Like that, you, you can't just throw Hitler out Why? there like that, bro. You can't just throw Hitler like that, bro, because this this Why? man murdered 12 million people.
0: Dude,
1: so dude. They, they don't even know how many people he murdered, bro. In a in a totally different regime that it was, he had Nazis. He had it was unbelievable the things that he was able to do, bro. Trump is not on that level, bro. He's not on that level. He's not going to be able to get there bro. in four
2: years. So
1: when Trump don't just you can't you can't just throw Hitler out you, there. Bro. Like, wait, 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 no, wait, you can't, you can't throw, you there, you can't can't throw, just out throw Hitler content. out there, bro. There's no context, you, no. no. you
2: can't. Wait, 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 because I'm giving y'all the context. So to answer your question, so to 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 push back on you, Shannon. So when Trump found out about the coronavirus, and he deliberately didn't do anything. When he deliberately removed himself from, he deliberately said the World Trade Organization doesn't get information. When he now said, don't run from coronavirus, when he made jokes and almost, I guess, almost a million people have been killed, that's not neglect. That's not, we're not blame. We're
0: not when saying,
1: you- no, I'm not saying that's not neglect. I agree with you, that is neglect. Well, you're talking about is, fucking Hitler, bro. But you're talking about Hitler.
2: But wait, but think about think about it like this. I'm not saying this in a sense that he's gonna kill 12 million people, but you also have to understand the type of mindset that both of these two people have. They both have a very, very big obsession. They both very had a very big obsession with a particular demographic of people who were ruining their respective countries. Trump with the Mexicans and all these different other people, and Hitler with the Jews. I- right. Number two, let me let me finish my point. The coup d'etats. The same exact thing that happened. Trump tried to plan a coup d'etat. Hitler had a coup d'etat. Both of these things failed. The only difference between Trump and Hitler right now is that Trump didn't go to jail and Hitler went to jail and he wrote a book, Neon Kampf*, And as a result, he came out and then became the leader that he is today. He lost and came back. Donald Trump has every means to come back right now and create a ridiculous amount of disrespectful, political campaign that I probably think is going to happen. And so I'm not saying this to sit here and say he's going to kill somebody. He's going to start World War Four or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying in terms of their rise, in terms of Hitler's rise to a dictatorship, it's Trump is not too far off from how Hitler looks right
1: now. And people are not paying attention to that. They're, he's not. That's a wild comparison, bro. And I think a lot people be, I, I think a lot of people are going to be really offended by what you just said. How? Because Hitler had a whole army of fucking Nazis behind him that was going into countries, taking over and killing people. Trump okay. isn't doing that, but I he was killing people man. by the hundreds of thousands. But what I'm taking it into that, camps and killing it with gas. I don't think you this can is what compare I'm, it to I'm Toby. Saying,
2: and what I understand who I'm comparing him to, but that's what I'm saying. I never, I never, not never did I said that Trump is going to come back get into office and go and start killing people left and right. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that Hitler came into office, had total control because, specifically because when when the Holocaust happened, part of what people tend to also forget is that when the Jews, when people were, when the whole situation happened with the Jews, when they tried to seek asylum in America, Americans were like, nah, we're not doing that. A lot of the countries during that time were like, "No, we're not allowing Jews into the co- into the country." So now, when it came back to Germany because they had to, Hitler was like, "All right, cool. You see what the shit happened? This is this is the reason why nobody Fs with you." And it it indirectly justified him to act the way that he oh, was I acting. I don't, I, I, that, I, talk. Talk. I don't know
1: about that. I don't know I'm about lying. that. I don't know about I'm that. I don't know about that. I'm I am I am going to believe me after this podcast is over. I'm going to fact check exactly what you just said with some real Jews. And I'm gonna find out the truth about what you just said because I think I think you're totally wrong about what you just said. But that's just me. You could be so, right. I, you could be right, but I don't know. I'm gonna find out. Is all that I'm saying. I'm gonna right, find out wanna, about what
2: you just said. I want to state. I want to state for the record what I'm trying to say is that part of what happened during the Holocaust. I'm not justifying anything that happened during the Holocaust, and I'm not saying that Trump is exactly like Hitler. But during this time, that happened. From what I read and from the information I was looking at, the Jews did try to leave the country. Americans were not letting Jews into the country at a certain point in time, and so what ended up happening was they came back. And after that, that was when the Holocaust started rolling. It could have been in between events, but during that time, they did try to come to America, and Americans were not letting Jewish people in. Uh, that is I'll, for a fact.
0: All we're saying, all we saying is the comparison is like I'm. I'm saying like the comparison. I'm gonna have to fact like, check that. Why, why is the what that man actually did, you feel me? Like in, in, in the simple fact of like what actually came about from him being the power, you feel me? I know I know understand what you're trying to get out in terms of like their their the rise to power, whatever it may be, and all that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna get I don't have know to if you use gonna... a
1: different person, I think, than Hitler. So that's, just, because that's Hitler, just, that's... what he what he did, it was unfathomable. And I don't think we'll I don't think we'll ever see it again. Now, there's been other genocides in other countries, but I don't think we'll ever see it on that level and have it be so blatant, so blatant as it was during those times. You know what I'm saying? I would compare him to another to a different dictator than Hitler.
2: I would like to say, I would very much like to say that I get what y'all are saying. And I understand what you're saying. Actually, I'm not going to go there today. I don't want to do it today. But all I'm going to say, I'm not going to go there today. But <laughs> but all I'm going to say is... Go where? It, all I'm going to say is, I think that American history has its way of projecting certain things in certain ways to make themselves look like heroes. No.
0: Nah. I don't think, I don't think, Nah, no, 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 I think you're, no, listen, 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 oh listen. man. Listen, the American history part, when it comes to what's projected as in, yeah, but I don't think, I don't think any of us are, I don't think any of us are, are putting them, putting America in the light when it comes to that, in terms of this conversation right here. I understand we, we all know the, the, the American history is altered to make us look a certain way. We, 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 we know that, you feel me? That's not something that's not known, but I'm saying when it comes to this specifically, I'm not necessarily. I don't. How, wh- how Hitler do you- is in the class of his own, bro. He's in the class of
1: his own. No, ain't nobody gonna be able to touch that. Period. The man murdered 12 million people. You can look. You gotta look on your face all you want. That's another fact that I'm giving you, bro. Nobody fact, in, bro. in this century will be able to to do what Hitler did. Bro. In terms of in terms of this century,
2: yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't deny what Hitler did. But what I was trying to say is that. My, my problem with American culture, my problem with American history is that in a, a lot of times we shift narratives a certain way to make it seem as if something is extremely terrible and what other people do are extremely terrible. Like, I don't, I don't deny the fact that Hitler killed 12 million people, but let's also not deny the fact that a bunch of Europeans did go to the largest continent in the world and probably killed more people than we ever can imagine and brought them here as slaves.
0: But we're not saying and, that. But we what I, I, that. We agree with but that. We agree
2: with that. No, and what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I'm just, I'm using it as an example to say, like, I get your point of what you're saying in terms of in this century, that will probably never, ever happen. A lot of things will probably never, ever happen again during this century. But what's gonna end up happening is let's assume, let's just even assume what I'm saying is correct. What will end up happening is that people are going to people are going to bring up the Hitler comparisons. They will not in terms of killing people, but they'll bring it up in terms of rise to power, how he was preaching, how they both had similar hatreds towards a group of demographics and just specifically how they were going to end up treating people who were against him. And that's the point of what I'm trying to say. It's not to sit here and say he's going to go out and kill people. That's not what I'm saying at all. If anything, I think that he's just going to send hella people to jail, hella
0: people to jail. So, so and- my, mm-hmm. my point to that would be like when you when you bring something up like that, you got to. I think you have to be clear in your rhetoric and what you and like how you. You not let me
2: finish. That's why. No,
0: nah, we. I mean, we we heard we heard. <laughs> I, I I I honestly think that any time
1: bringing up Hitler in a conversation, I just don't personally like it. Because, just because of what he did, the amount of people that he killed the I mean he had he had Hitler youth, he had women, he had it was that regime was insanity. I can't and, and it's still to me unfathomable that the rest of the world sat there and let something like that go on and watched it go on for as long as it did. You know what I mean? So I just think when you bring I mean I, I could point to a lot of people that, that hate a certain demographic or a certain group. But I'm not gonna compare them to fucking Hitler.
0: I mean we can, we can That's even That's all at, I was trying to say. We can, we can even look at our country as a whole, like in, in what we do in other countries. You feel me? Like so like when it comes to like American history and stuff like that, I don't ever like I don't ever put our country like on a high pedestal because we do some outlandish stuff. We've done some outlandish stuff when it comes to our history in general. Like I'm like I don't disagree with that at all. That's why I said when you say like American history, we 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 have a bad like perception based on this. I was like, I don't feel like we like the ones that are in this conversation have that perception because we know what really goes on. But we know what what really goes down. We know that certain things happen in certain places and people don't wanna see it as that. They'll call them war heroes or whatever it may be. But if you look at the grand scheme of things and why we're over there for reasons, a lot of times we seem to be over there killing, bombing places, whatever it may be. I agree with that totally.
2: We do things in the, we do things for the sake of democracy we were in the middle east for the sake of democracy we built a we built a democracy in israel right and just bringing it all back now it's like we did all this stuff since all this time for the sake of democracy all for us to now be in a position where we didn't even want joe biden in office like we were essentially indirectly manipulated To end up having to vote for him just because of how the dnc the dnc was moving behind the scenes all for us to now because we didn't want to move to to a progressively socialist country we now had to automatically vote for biden because they wanted to push their agenda and it's like just even going to texas now it's like it's the same exact thing we voted for somebody through democracy for what for him to now go say hey my daughters were at home and they wanted to go to they wanted to go to Mexico. I don't give a fuck about that. That's
0: a You hey, Speaking of Ted Cruz, let's just be so everybody knows what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, like we're talking about Senator Ted Cruz. Like it, like I don't give a fuck about your daughters if they want to go to Texas. Like I don't like excuse my excuse my French. Like it's fuck them kids. Like you sat here, wanted to get voted into office, you <laughs> sat here and you supported Trump. You left your country open for the coronavirus. You let all these people get infected. You let all these people get killed. You guys are racist as fuck. You guys were hanging people during, during the George Floyd protest. And you mean to tell me now that your excuse is, oh, my daughters wanted to go to Mexico and they wanted to have a better life. Kind of the same way that the guy that you were sucking, that the guy whose dick you were sucking was trying to prevent for everybody else. You wanted to give your kids a better life, life and security in a different country. Kind of the same way that the same country you're going to, they're bringing people here to do that and this is how and how you treat them the same guy they were putting them in cages putting the kids in cages so for me i like at this point if i decide to run for office or not it don't even fucking matter if ted cruz or any of the politicians or any people if i decide to run for office, see this think about it like this everybody and their grandma everybody and their grandma was sitting here complaining was sitting here complaining about ted cruz y'all put him back in office Now he's complaining about his daughters, but y'all were putting kids in cages, but you're complaining about your daughters and they didn't have a good life. So think about all the kids that y'all just put into cages because of ICE. Think about all the kids that you, that you classify as criminals in the South. Like, I don't give a fuck about that no more. Like all the shit that you're saying to me is bullshit. You were voted into office. They, your taxpayer money, the money that you use to go to Mexico is the same shit is the same shit that you should have used to not senior help people. But now, somebody from a, a Brooklyn Spanish woman had to come down and help and do your job. You got to be shitting me. You sound fucking stupid. Raise a million bro. dollars
0: in a day. That's,
2: that's a, fact. a million dollars in a day, bro. Like, I don't want to hear none of that, bro. Like, that's, that's all bullshit. Like, there, there's certain ways you can bullshit people and it can be okay. Like, I'll be okay with some lies. But for you to now tell me my daughters wanted to have a good life and you stand in the middle of an airport with a Puerto Rican mask on, you don't even got no goddamn hat on and people can recognize you.
0: Yeah, that was that was a slap in the face of the people, and just knowing that nah, I, have of, I have a lot of I have a lot of friends that live in Texas that were without power, water, whatever it may be, and to see them struggling, and even like my some of my closest friends are down there. You feel me? And this is like that's that's ridiculous. And then and then when I come come to find out, when I read more into it, and and just hear from them, they they go to certain areas, downtown areas where more wealthy people live at, quote unquote. And they're, they're using all the energy like nothing's going on. But the surrounding counties, surrounding areas are, are struggling. People are dying. People are freezing to yep. death outside. Then, like you said, when you go back to the people that are in the cage, the ice cages, they said they got they got people in ice cages that that, that are freezing. The kid's crying because they can't feel their feet, hands, whatever it may be. And, and you have your senator going to a different country. Because the
1: Mexico, of all places.
0: The, the place that they, they, that they so, so badly and so dearly hate. That makes zero sense to me. Now you one, you sound like a hypocrite. One you, two, you don't you don't even care for your people. Three, mm-hmm. and when you're in a that position of power, you're supposed to be serving the people, not thinking as a selfish individual. You know what I'm saying? So and then he comes out and say, Oh, I didn't want them to have to travel by themselves, you're just dropping them off and I was coming right back like nah. Bullshit. Man. And, the, and then did you see the group chat that that white that leaked with his wife? Nah. Mm-hmm. They, they said that they said she was in, hitting up all her friends. Groups like, hey, you guys want to go to Mexico just so we can get out of this for a little bit? Like, and I was just like.
1: Damn. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Because, you know, I got an aunt that lives in Texas. And, she, you know, she's telling me they haven't had power and they're cold as fuck. And something that's, that's, that's funny that I saw the test crew said was, I'll believe in climate change when Texas freezes over. Mm. It's a snowstorm in Texas. It's a snowstorm in Texas, in the Midwest, bro. That shit doesn't happen. It looks crazy. It looks crazy. They're not even built. People don't even have fucking shovels, bro. People don't even own shovels or boots. They don't even own it. They're they're not they're ill, they're not prepared to deal with something like this. And one of your leaders decides in the midst of all this shit, he's gonna go to fucking Cancun.
2: Motherfuckers are boiling snow. Snow. I like, think are boiling snow to have fresh water. Like, register that. Like, reg- like, sit down and think about that. That people who don't have electricity are boiling water using matches to now get their water for the day, to shower, to eat, to do the basic necessities of falling apart. And who
0: and, who, and what, what, what country does that sound like when they try to paint a bad image about?
2: Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm about to say. They paint that as what Africans do or what people in developing nations do. And now look, the same people, the same people that you now are saying that, oh, we're this great country. These same people are now experiencing the same thing that you guys love to document in Africa and do your random, your little random BS mission trips for it. Think about that, think about that. At least in Nigeria, if there's no if there's no electricity, you'll now just go and put on generator, you'll be okay. It's simple. You'll now have bags of pure water, you'll be okay. No, but now you're sitting here in Texas. Now you don't have boil, you have to boil snow to get water. Now you have to find a way to filter the water. Now you have to go and find it which go and find generator to go and do it. my African accent is coming out. Let's go song today, bro. Let's let's stop, please. My African accent is coming out. Gonna... Let me let me relax. I'm getting mad. My African accent is coming out. It, it's reticent I need to relax. I need to relax. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> man. I'm <relaxing>. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, started going off yo yeah
0: he th- did bro let's get to the face of the future song of the day presented by MBT um, check us out on all social platforms on Instagram MBT underscore 1% on Twitter MBT the future and check out our YouTube page MBT face of the future and subscribe um, the face of the future song of the day comes from an up and coming artist out of Toronto, Canada her name is Michaela Miller, R&B artist um my girl actually sent me this song, and it's it's fire, bro. She's dope. Um, it's called Drown. So once again, um, this is Michaela Miller, Drown. Um, Another shot
4: in the sea, and tonight is gonna get crazy. You know you belong with me. I'm still at ease. Can make you feel more than you ever did If you keep it real, you know the deal Careful, baby, I got what you need Right, it's always what I wanna do You can hit it in the morning Whatever you wanna do Legs, like spread, arch back, baby And it's all for you We can break through Chicken, looking, wearing your chain, don't let it get away We can take it slow, let anybody know that you mind now But when it's time out, make sure any open doors get closed Yeah. Right, it's always what I wanna do You can hit it in the morning, whatever you wanna do Legs, spread, arch back, baby And it's all for you, we can break through.
0: Kayla Miller, Drown. Um, check her out, man. Song is straight vibe. And it's one of them records that that I feel as is those like bringing R&B back to the mainstay and direction that a lot of these artists are starting to put out like quality music. Um, let's get into a little sports, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the NBA is in full swing right now. Uh, we're coming around
1: to the trade deadline. You got a lot of players that are going to be on the move. Um, so Draymond came out last week and said was talking about the Andre Drummond situation where the Cavaliers are going to trade Andre Drummond. They totally shut him down, so not going to, he's not going to play. He's not going to practice, none of that stuff. Draymond Green came out and said that he doesn't like how the organizations or the, or the owners really can shut a player down, have him not be able to practice or be able to make his money because you know you get paid. you get paid by the game in the NBA. Um, Well, all the while, you know, once a player goes to request a trade, he's like the villain of all villains. So I think that goes into just how I think ownership always doesn't see things from the player's point of views a lot of times. But at the same time, it's a business. Now, do you guys think that it's okay for them to shut players down when they're going to be on the move? Because the same thing has happened to Blake Griffin. We've seen the same thing that has happened to players in the past that are going to be on the move. Um, what are your guys' takes on, on what Draymond had to say?
0: Um, my opinion personally is because we can even tie we're gonna tie, I'm gonna tie the Duke situation into because I think like you said, it goes hand in hand. Like uh-huh. if if owners are allowed to shut down players, I think players, whether you're in the collegiate level or even the professionals, you should be able to do what you want to do. If you feel as though mm-hmm. the situation is not fitting you in hand, you should be able to <laughs> get out if you want to. Oh, you're not paying my bread, or you're not you don't have my best interest, or I'm not I'm not playing no more for you. Exactly. I'm not going to get me in a situation, and I see that too many times. I and mean, if we wanted to even take it outside of sports when it comes to corporations and saying people getting let go, whatever it may be, like, at the end of the day, the big corporations, people at the head of the table, whether you're in sports, whether you're in business, whatever it may be, they don't necessarily care about the individuals working for them in the most part, because they know that they can replace them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, I feel I feel as though Draymond, Draymond has every right, because especially in sports, I feel like athletes, even though they get paid millions of dollars, I feel like that's a scapegoat for people to be like, oh, you should be doing what the owner says no matter what. And we can even talk about, what the, we go back to Deshaun Watson when he wanted to request a trade, bro, and and they were giving him backlash about it. It's like, should I not be able to be comfortable where I'm at? Should I not be able to make the own move, my own moves and go where I want to go to be comfortable in my, in, in my situation? Any player that
1: ever requests a trade in any sport always gets painted out by to, to to be a bad person right and that comes from the ownership that comes down from the ownership that that puts those stories out to the masses and leaks those those fake stories and stuff like that uh i i agree with you 100 i don't think it's fair um if you're going to trade a player that's fine let him play and let him be able to still make his bread you know what i'm saying you brought him in here right you guys always talk about when a player requests a trade oh you signed a contract Okay, well, I did sign a contract, and that contract said I'm going to be playing, if I'm healthy, I'm totally healthy. Why are you letting me not play? Because you're going to move me? I think that's bullshit. Oh, well, you don't want me to get hurt to make my trade while you go down. That's BS. I think that's BS. No, nah, you you're right.
2: I want to push back on what you said though, um, Mills, because I don't think I think when you look at football and basketball, I think it's a little bit different. And I I, I get what you're saying in terms of individual like I get what you mean in terms of everybody's always going to get labeled as a bad guy well they're going to get labeled as a bad guy but I think that when you look at it from the different perspectives of like say football and basketball I think it's different because it's like with football it's more of a cohesive type of sport where you need every single person and so it's like when one person requests to trade I think it comes off a little bit differently that it's like you don't want to be a part of the team or you don't want to be a part of the family compared to say basketball where it's a little bit more individual and you have a lot more shine as an individual. So I think like, I think you're right in terms of, yeah, there are always going to be different ways people are going to look at it, but I think it's a little bit different f- from football and basketball.
0: I don't, I don't agree for the simple fact that, and I'm going to use, like I said, I'm going to use collegiate and, and pro because that happens on both levels. Um, When it comes to people want to sit out, opt out's happening more and more. When a coach does this, when do you ever see them being painted in a bad light? I'll use, I'll use Scott Frost, for example. He was at UCF. They won. They went undefeated for two years straight, whatever it may be. He got up and left and went because he got his dream job at Nebraska. Left the kids waiting, no coach, whatever it may be. Messed up the cohesiveness of the whole program. But people are applauding him. He got his dream job. He's getting paid more money. He got to a power five. That's where they want to be. That's where they want to be. But then when you go to a situation like – um, Jalen Johnson at Duke, he he's had some health issues, whatever it may be, and now you have coaches like Jim Beheim, who who's a prominent Hall of Fame coach. Backlash from saying basically like he quit. He's he's uh, Duke's better without him, anyways, whatever it may be, and you have mm-hmm. all these bad narratives pushed about the players that are, that are that are doing best for them because he didn't want to mess up his draft stop, him mess up his money in the future. It's like. How how is that okay? But how is one okay, but the, the other is not okay, is what I'm trying to say. And you I mean, think when you when yeah. you
1: look at the James Hart situation in Houston, when he was up and arms about wanting to be traded, that was a toxic environment for that entire team because it wasn't it wasn't cohesive. So I think it goes both ways. And bo- I mean and now granted, the sports, the way dynamic of sports work, they are different, but I think when yeah. it comes to something like that, when you want to when you went out, you went out. Like Deshaun Watson yeah. wants out. You know what I'm saying? He should be able to have an out.
2: But I think that, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think there's, like, a big difference. I think there's a difference in terms of, like, I'm not I'm not justifying how coaches talk bad on the players per se, but it's more so about the narrative and how the sports are played. Like, when you play basketball and you want out, right, like, looking at James Harden, like, my problem with James Harden is that I just think that James Harden had pieces at a point to win a chip but at, he didn't change his game to an extent. Like, that's a different story for a different time. But, like, I just think that the way that he was when he was at the Rockets, he got whatever he wanted, and he was just like, now I want out. Like, I think that's a little bit different for me from saying that you have somebody like Deshaun Watson or even basketball-related Andre Drummond who, you know, he was, playing, he was playing lights out, and you just essentially want to trade him and sit him down. Like, I feel like those two narratives are a little bit different. I get the concept of you want out because you want a better situation for yourself. I I never denied that, but I think the narratives that follow the reason behind the trades are equally as important. Cause I think when you look at football, it's the same thing. Like the overall bigger narrative is that like, even though, yeah, basketball locker rooms are important. I think that football locker rooms, if somebody, if you're starting left tackle is upset and he want to leave, it's going to be much more, it's going to, I think that it'll be much more detrimental to say, all right, our sixth man want to leave. You know what I'm saying? Or our seventh man wants to leave and he wants to trade. You get what know what I'm saying?
0: Just look at the We'll use James Harden. We'll stay on the James Harden situation, bro. James Harden won it out, bro. You see how detrimental that was to the organization? We went from being a top three team in the NBA to being a bottom level team in the West. Wait. Top. All, right, all right. I'll let, you,
2: I'll let you continue. <laughs> what we, <laughs> we finished
0: in the regular season the last few years.
2: Don't we'll finish top three, top five, but that's like. That's what I'm
0: trying to say. We, we, we're. we're maybe, <laughs> that's what I'm trying
2: to say. And we. we not. I'm not.
0: I'm not going to do this with you, Mills, know today, but okay. My point. For the sake of your point. Okay. For <laughs> <we're> the sake of your point. Okay. So, okay. So, do we not have one of the better rec- best records in the NBA? Y'all do, but we all know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Just for the sake of that, all right. We'll leave it We're not talking about what they did in the play. I'm just talking about record-wise. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. We we were a a top-tier team in the NBA. And you see one player, one player, one player, you talk about cohesion, is mad. He doesn't have his way in in Houston, whatever it may be. They try to bring Russell and blows it up. Chris Paul blows it up, whatever it may be. That one situation Blew up a whole organization. Now we're basically starting from scratch. Now we're basically starting from scratch. So that messed up the cohesiveness in the locker room, put the organization back 10 steps after building it back up. So, I mean, I feel as though depending on who the player is, like you said, I'll agree with that. Depending on who the player is, make a difference on whether it's detrimental to a locker room or whatever it may be. That still doesn't go, that still doesn't um, subtract from my point that I had before in saying that I feel as though they should be treated better, and in, 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 in the grand scheme of things, if someone wants out and, and and you're sitting them down like Andre Drummond, not allowing them to at least make a paycheck, if you if you're trying to get rid of them, don't want to play them, that's wrong in my opinion. Yeah, no,
2: that's wild. That's oh that's od to me. Like, it, taking I guess when you take everything else out aside, just looking at this as an isolated incident, and just looking at just actually, I'll just take my Bristol biases out. Like, I guess you do have a point on that because it's like just looking at Andre Drummond is like Andre Drummond is playing lights out. And it's like, I get it. Y'all don't want to ruin draft capital or whatever, but it's like, it still just seems weird to me that like, y'all are just are going to be like, yeah, nah, we're just going to sit him out. And he still has to make sure that he's still in shape. Like Draymond said, you have to be in shape. You can't be angry. Excuse me. You can't speak out. You can't do none of that, or else people are going to look at you crazy. You know yeah, what I the,
1: mean? Yeah. The the dynamics of it definitely are different. And I think you'll see a lot of players more and more really take their own destiny into the hands. Of, like a James Harden who said, I want to be traded, and I want to go to Brooklyn, or I want to go to Philly. When you look at football, yeah, Le'Veon Bell a couple of years ago sit out an entire season, not take no salary because he because he wanted his bread and from uh, Pittsburgh. You see Deshaun Watson who's already saying, "Yo, I don't care how much y'all paying me, I'm not putting on a Texas uniform again." Period. You am so, so it, you kind of get the organization with that the tail in between their legs, and they and they gotta deal you or what? I mean, you playing hardball with each other. But couldn't you also? couldn't you also say
2: though it depends on the organization because it's like i put it like this like a team like the texans i always just felt something was off anyways because they never really like it's like you can tell when certain teams are about football like you can tell certain teams in sports are about winning and are about creating a culture of winning like when you look at the knicks they look now just because they have they have fibs now they look like they're trying to win you get what i'm saying you know, before it didn't
0: so huh they changed a the lot in the front office, like when it comes yeah, to the yeah, office. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Like before, it didn't look like they were trying to win. You know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of felt like they were just there until like people were really trying to say like, "Yo, like we need to win." You know what I mean? And it's like for me, it's like looking at the Texans, looking at some other teams as well. It don't look like they're trying to just win. And I think that I think that plays a role into the narrative too. Like I agree. if if somebody leaves the Patriots, for example, like. No, if, ands, or buts about it, it's automatically your fault. You know what I mean? Like, nobody argues with that. When you go to a situation like the Texans or probably the Eagles, or I mean, before the Browns, like, it just, people kind of looked at it and was like, okay, like, we kind of get it. We kind of don't. You know what I mean? So I think, like, I think the organization and what organization is saying it also plays a factor. Um, of course. So, I mean,
1: I think, I'll I think with those, right it though. all starts at the top. It starts from the top, right? If if your if your front office isn't in order, you cannot expect the rest of your of your team to be in order, right? So when we go when we talked about the Houston Texans, Bob McNair was their owner. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was on record saying when, you know, the whole Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing was going on, he, he said, "quote It's like letting the inmates run the asylum." Pretty much yeah. is what he was said, is, 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 is what he was saying. So that's why Deshaun uh, Deshaun Deshaun Watson was like, "Yo, that's when it all started to go downhill." Right then, you had Bill O'Brien, who a lot of players didn't like. Trace DeAndre Hopkins, without even telling them. Right again, yeah. this this is front office shit. So you talk about the organization, the way things are run, hundred percent has has a part to doing it. And here's my thing, right? If 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 I'm ownership and I'm front office, why do I want a player that doesn't want to be in my organization here? Right? If I have a guy that's that's my franchise and he doesn't want to be here. I'm going to move him because if more than anything, my franchise quarterback has a lot of say and a lot of pull in my locker room. He can also influence guys that will say they don't want to be here. So why would you want that kind of, or that kind of vibe in your, in your locker room, in your organization? So I don't understand why they're like saying we're not going to trade him. It's money. Why? It's money.
2: It's money. Think about it. Like, it's like, I'll use the equivalent before, before this, look at the Knicks, for example, the Knicks were a trash team. Like, they still would be considered a trash team but they're they brought in so much revenue even being a trash team to the point where it's like even if they were trash it didn't matter because they was making dollars so -hmm. it was like for 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 the texans it's a situation where it's like you're competing with either houston or you're competing with dallas you get what i'm saying dallas is going to be profitable because jerry jones is just he 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 markets himself as the Cowboys when the it comes Dallas, to the, the it's it's Cowboys the yeah it's the, brand. Yeah, you it's the brand yeah yeah so when it comes to when it comes to the Texans they don't have a strong brand so it's like for me looking at it from a front office perspective if you don't have the brand that's going to keep you profitable you need the players to keep you profitable and the reality of the situation is that in my opinion the Houston Texans are not going to be profitable if they don't have the Sean Watson so of course they're going to want to try to keep him but because he's already said he's not playing it's not going to do any justice for them but they want to keep him because they're going to try, okay, let's appease him so he can play so he can make us money. That's the only reality of the situation because it's like if you're the Lakers, if LeBron, well, let me not say LeBron, but if you're the Lakers and, and Alex Caruso's like, yo, I want to get traded, they're going to trade him in a heartbeat. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because they have, they make the money already. They, they'll bring in their revenue. If somebody from the Cowboys don't want to play there no more, they trade them because they're going to have the revenue. The Texans don't have that they don't have that type of pool,
1: you know what I'm saying? You're right, so, but they but they could get so much form. You could you could really revamp your entire franchise with the trade of Deshaun Watson for as things you can get from other teams that are desperate for a starting quarterback. Right? If a team gives you four first round picks in two seconds, what you want to get is players, right? You, yeah, you no, can revamp definitely. your entire franchise. Like, if they they make a trade with the Jets, for example, right, they get the number two overall pick in this year's draft, and they get a couple first-rounders and a couple second-rounders, right? You can draft your next franchise quarterback in that draft with the second overall pick, and then you can get good players in the draft. That's how you run a good franchise. You don't just hold a player captive because he can make you bread. At the end of the day, if your team's not winning games, you're not going to make no money anyway.
2: Nah, you're definitely – you're right on that. I also look at it from a standpoint of, like, I think you also have to realize that the fans also connect with people as well. Like for me, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of like, you're definitely right they can get new players. But do you get a on Watson? Like, no, think about it. You're people, not going to get it. People come, again. people are going to come. Whether or not the team was bad, people came to watch Deshaun Watson play. You get what I'm saying? It's like people right. just come to see certain people play. People come, people want to the Giants games to so go watch Odell make a play, just to make it watch him make one crazy play watch the show make one crazy play. People go watch the Chiefs because they make that crazy play just based on how they play. So it's like when you lose that, you just go lose your fan base. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're right they can get the young players, but I think like the Texans are acting wild in terms of the trade situation just because of that. But it is wrong like you said though. It's it's 100% wrong they're not thinking properly.
1: I think with with the Texans, they already lost the the most recognizable Probably best Texan in the history of their franchise. JJ Watt. They cut him. He he's not only one of the best players in our franchise history, but he is a Houston staple for the, yeah. all the philanthropy that he's been doing in Houston. Remember the hurricane a couple of years ago? All the money that he was raising for that. He's huge in their community. So you already lost quote unquote one of your biggest draws. Your second biggest draw behind the Sean Watson, I will say, or maybe even your first.
0: I think he's number one. So, I think JJ might yeah, be. Yeah, so maybe even yeah, you already one. lost.
1: You already lost your big dog. Do what you got to do. Trade that man who don't want to be there. Revamp and rebuild. That's
0: that's crazy how It, it
1: lost, could all be so simple.
0: Texans lost three. Nice. Their three top like money makers that people came to see in a matter of what two years yep. with Hopkins, JJ, and now about to be Deshaun. So I mean, yeah, that, that's crazy. I got I got a question for um both of y'all for to almost wrap up this segment. When it comes back to the Duke situation with the kid um, Jalen Johnson sitting out. Um and even with Jim Behan, what he said about him uh do being better without him, do you think well a like, situation like that's starting to occur, kids like taking more more ownership of their future as opposed to just listening to what coaches have to say, whatever it may be? What are you about to say something? Let me yeah, no, I was gonna say let me let me go first before Tobe go. Okay. Um, do you feel do you feel as though that's gonna that's gonna play a part in in the brand of college basketball? So we
1: talked a a while ago about social media and the effect that it has on right. These kids already, when they're in high school, they already have their own brands, right? Jalen Johnson already has a couple hundred thousand followers on IG already. People know who he is. He was one of the best uh, high school recruits to come in and and he's in Duke. Now I'm taking everything into account here, including this COVID year, right? Duke is in a down year. You don't know what's going to happen with the tournament. Uh, and you're seeing, you know, a lot of players essentially not go to the league and go to the G League. I don't know if you guys have seen watch the G League that they have down in the bubble, but it's terrific basketball. Mm-hmm. Terrific basketball. You're seeing a lot of guys that are saying, you know, forget about college and going right to the league to, to make their bread because it's it's just a lot kids are ready to make money now. Right? Kids are ready. this kid can already he can drop out of school, he can sign with an agent, he can already get some money already coming beforehand. Then they go to the draft. He'll be a top five pick. He'll be a top five pick already. That was that was already decided. No matter how the season that Duke played out. So I think a lot of these kids are going to be taking their own brands, which they already have, into their own hands. You know, during the down season, we don't know if we're going to make the tournament anyway. Why not leave school, get ready for the draft, so that I can be more prepared for the league already? I don't I don't fault them for it. So I think a lot of these <laughs> kids will be able will start taking their their uh, their their own, they're destined to their own hands. Pretty much, there are going to be a lot of more players that are going to go to the G League, and already, as far as college basketball goes specifically, it's already kind of a joke with the with the one and duns. I mean, that's what the whole University of Kentucky program is built off of, one and duns. So, I think to answer your question, you'll see all these kids will start taking their their own uh their own brands and their own names into their own hands because essentially you don't need to go to the NCAA and play college basketball to go to the league for the top players, for the top, top players.
2: No, you, you right. It's, it's, I think one of the things that people don't understand, it's like, I think one of the, I think what a lot of college coaches are not seeing as well, or they probably do. I I don't know. But I think that I just, in general, what people aren't seeing is that the NBA started to run their organization the way FIFA runs their organizations, if you notice, most of all the soccer teams have their U 17, they their under 17 teams. They have like their developmental league teams. You know what I'm saying? They put they put the kids in a pipeline to play for a certain team. And then after that, they go and play for the for the big club. And then that's how they start their careers. So it's like when you look at when you look at students now, it's like because basketball is so much similar to soccer in terms of like you can I you can just be the star of the team and just bring so much pull to that team just the way that it's played it's like most of these students they are going to take their destiny to their own hands because what's the point of me saying that i mean i'm going to college for free i'm doing all this but if i'm still better than everybody i could still go and say i don't need to be one and done i could just go to the g league go play for the go for, play for the 70 for, go for for the 87ers whatever they are and then after a couple years i make my bread 50 60k a year i can take care of mom take care of my girl whatever develop myself go into the league, and then make millions. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's basically the soccer soccer pipeline. And a lot of college coaches aren't going to look at it like that because it's like they're used to, okay, picking players from high school. But that's not the reality of it anymore for for basketball. Basketball is very much trying to emulate themselves like soccer. And I think, like, in probably, like, about 10, 15 years, they're going to be just like soccer. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they – like, the college coaches need to look out, honestly, for real, for real.
0: I think yeah, because I I was go ahead, Mills. I think it's like like you said, soccer, and also how the MLB does it as well too. They have all these all these farm league teams, whatever it may be. Um, I wonder if it ever gets to the point where, um, you know, how like MLB and NHL NHL guys they get drafted and they can still play in college. I wonder if it ever gets to that point with basketball. Like you can get drafted, um, and you have an option to like go to like. The, the developmental league or, or play your college season and see if you want to get drafted again or get, get a better ranking the next year. i wonder if if will ever get to that point.
1: Uh, I, I think with that being said, I think Adam Silver, I think Adam Silver is one of the best commissioners in all sports because he's very much with the times and he's very much willing to listen to what the players and the people have to say and make adjustments as well to make the NBA product better. And I, I'll say as, as far as like, I was watching a story about the G league playoffs before it started Um, they were talking about the two kids. I forget their names that came right out of high school to the G league. And not only are they playing basketball all day around, but they're getting on financial advising, how, how to make their money, how to spend their money, how to save their money. And essentially they're taking college courses already without going to school. And on top of that, those two kids, I think one of them signed for 500 K and the other one signed for 300 K. Yeah. At, at 18 years old, most kids that you know come from the hood are oh, they going to take the situation of all right, let me go to Duke, yeah, I'll be playing, been playing for in Cameron and door and all that, and play at uh Kansas or Kentucky, or am I going to go take this money, make 500k while playing against players that have already played in the league, as well as other players that are trying to get into the league with coaches that have coached in the league, and also while also getting training and classes as well. So the NCAA needs to watch out for what Adam Silver is doing with the G League. 'Cause it's coming. No,
0: nah, that's a fact. That's definitely a fact. Um, last thing I want to get into, Shan. <laughs> want
3: to get
0: How about that boy Carson, How about that boy? I'm
1: not gonna ho- I'm not gonna hoot and holler today. I'm not doing it. <laughs>
0: I just I'm gotta, not doing it, bro. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get you up in a storm because we know what happened last time. We talked about the Carson and and all that. Yeah, stuff.
1: I, I went off the rails last time. I went off the rails. I went off the rails. Let's let's uh not even that was uh that was that was I was on some shit that day. That's all. Let me
0: let me let me let me let me, let me get your, your your as an Eagles fan, a diehard Eagles fan. Let me get your your final goodbyes, your final thoughts, and how you think Carson's gonna do before we wrap it up.
1: Um, I think Carson will be fine. He's back with Frank Reich, who. He was the MVP in 27 with Frank Reich. I think he has the weapons that he needs in uh Indianapolis. Top 10 offensive line, top five defense with an ascending head coach. You know, he got Jonathan Taylor and AJ Dillon and the guys. And I just think that the situation in Philly, it was, it was, it was over and done with. Once the season was over, it was over and done with. And my thing with the whole situation is this. We just talked about people not having trust in our organizations, right? Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, both, were done with the Eagles front office. This has been my entire problem from the very beginning. Now, don't get me wrong. Carson had a fucking terrible season for the ages. That's not even something that we can say here. I can't even sit here and defend that because the motherfucker threw 15 picks and had like 24 turnovers total. You can't defend that. He played fucking terrible. A lot of those issues were organizationally because he wasn't getting coached up. Doug Peterson wasn't on the same page with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, who was the GM, Howie should have been the one that's been gone, in my opinion. Uh, because, I mean, there's no reason that Doug and Carson should both be gone. There's no reason. Uh, Doug went. Doug and Howie had a meeting at the end of the year. They wouldn't give Doug any say over the personnel of the team, which I don't understand how you can do that with your head coach. That's Man. why I don't like the, the hire of Nick Seriani concerns me because he already signed off on the fact that Howie's going to have final say on personnel and game day personnel. As a head coach, why do I, how can I not have a say in who the fuck I'm putting on the field? Yeah, and I think yeah. that was one of Doug's issues. So I think that Howie's has absolutely butchered this entire franchise. They have no talent on the offensive, well, they have talent on offensive, but they're old. You have no weapons on the outside. You have J.J. Orsega-Whiteside, you dropped in the second round, who's a healthy scratch. He has like 11 catches in two years. Okay, Jalen Rager is a first round bust. You, you putting Jason Peters out there at left tackle who can't even, who can't even move. Can't even you have an old offense. You had an old, you have an old defensive line. You have no linebackers and you have one good secondary player in Darius Slay. This team is in hell. This team is going to be bad for the next two or three years. And here's my thing. I'm not mad that Carson had to go. It was, it was time. He had to go with what went on. I'm not. And I love Jalen hurts. And I love him since college. I don't think that he's in a position to succeed in Philadelphia because of who's in the front office. And what I also think is going to happen, they're going to draft another quarterback with the sixth overall pick. You know what I'm saying? So the team is going to be bad for the next two. They have no direction. That's what's so frustrating to me, and that's why I was so pissed off the last time we talked about it, because it's not just a Carson thing or a Doug thing. It's the whole fucking organization as a whole. Jalen is not in a position to succeed, and I fear that the second, he, the second he doesn't play well or something, it's, it's all going to fall on him. I can't put all the blame on him. And last year, I told you all about Carson Wentz. He will come back to the sideline. Him and Doug wouldn't even speak. He wasn't getting coached up. Nobody was holding him accountable. But if I'm the owner of your fucking team and I see that shit going on, I'm sitting your motherfuckers in the room. Y'all need to figure out what the fuck is going on between y'all. Point blank, period. Y'all need to sit here and y'all need to figure it out. For the sake of this organization, and I just don't think that Jalen is in a position to be successful with the, with the players that he has around him, with Howie Roseman being the GM, and they're going to judge another quarterback. as is going to be another quarterback controversy. I don't see – they're going to be bad for – and they're in cap hell. They're in cap hell with an old roster. So They're going to be bad for the next two to three years until they can get the proper guys in to turn it around. I don't have any faith in them
2: yeah I think Howie Roseman needs to go I think that the moment Howie Roseman leaves I think that the organization would be better like he's been there for 20 years and obviously he has a vision of what like the Eagles should be like or what they should be doing but it's like I don't think that I think that now he needs to find something new because it's like it just because I was looking at it when I saw Doug Peterson I was like okay cool you know they believe in Carson all right cool that next thing you know, Carson's going to be traded within days. And then it just never really made sense to me because I was like, okay, so why did you get rid of Doug Peterson? And then I was right. like, okay, Howie Roseman's still there. And yeah, I just think that they need a new GM who, who's competent. Like at this point, I don't want to say like Kyle Roseman isn't competent, but I just, I think for the Eagles he's right not- now, he's he's not, the, he's not competent for the Eagles right now. And I think they need, they need to find somebody else because it, 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 it looks bad. And I, and it just looks bad because Jalen, Jalen Hurts is a black man. You know, he's a Q shout out to D9, but it's just like, I don't want another black man having the blame for the organization where this nigga is going to be throwing to, to Gatorade bottles and, and peanuts for real, for real. Like.
1: Real, real rap. And 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 I'll say this, right. With the bad weapons that he had around him and a battle line mills, you saw firsthand what it's like when you don't have an offensive line to block for you. And when your receivers aren't making plays. You see what can happen to a quarterback, period. No matter how talented you are, you see what can happen to you when you don't have anything around you to work with. And on top of that, you're not getting coached up properly. It's a perfect storm. And and I think it goes back to the same reason that Andy Reid left Philadelphia. He didn't have enough say over personnel, right? As a a football coach, y'all know this. You need to have a say in what you're putting on the field, because at the end of the day, if you don't have good players to put on the field, when you lose a game, it's going to come back on you. It's going to come back on you. So I don't know how you can sit there as a football guy and how Roseman has not been a good, good guy at evaluating talent. Their last pro bowler since 2012 is Carson Wentz. That's the only one. You have Danelle Pumphrey, who's a bust. You have Jalen Regal, who's a bust. Then you're a second side, who's a bust. You have guys that you drafted in the early rounds that aren't even seeing the field. You know your picks in the I, first three rounds are supposed to be guys that, that come in know. and make it. Your first three rounds drafted are supposed to be guys that can come in and make an impact immediately. You have guys that aren't even suiting up. Some of these guys are healthy, scratches on game day. It doesn't make any sense. You know what That's I'm saying? So your eye, your eye for talent has been horrible. You drafted Jalen Rager when you had T. Higgins on the board. You had Justin Jefferson on the board, and you go and draft a guy that was predominantly a punt returner in college. Did you make him your your WR one. It doesn't make any sense. So I look at it, I'm like, yo, what is going on? I don't have any trust in the organization to be yeah, good And then on top of that, the
0: next couple of years. And then on top of that, and then we'll wrap it up. During 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 the season when you got when you got a um a hidden gem and like Travis Fulgham come in and balling, And then all of a sudden Alshon, who doesn't produce you go like, away gosh, from him, you go away from him and bench him. Now that makes, that makes zero sense to me. You, you, nah, found, you found somebody that's, producing. you got, the Eagles were looking for a receiver to produce. You found somebody that produces and then went uh, off. You don't unquote, give him the rock. You got, yeah. Your tough guys come back, quote unquote. They don't produce. And you stop giving the guy who was producing the rock. That makes zero sense. He was the leading receiver in the
1: league for four straight weeks. He was on fire. Him and Carson were on fire together. Then you totally go away from him. You have a guy on Miles Sanders who who you can very clearly see. When you give him 12-plus carries, the man is getting you 100 yards in a tug at least. And in some games, you you giving the ball six times. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's why I get so fucking frustrated because I'm like, yo, if I, as a regular fan, can see this, how can you motherfuckers that get paid to do this don't realize it? And it all comes from the top. And it starts with Jeffrey Lurie.
0: That's a fact. That's a fact. But that's all I got today, guys. Man, that was a that was a good episode for sure. We say this every time, but that was quality. That first segment, boy. You know what I'm saying? But that's all for me today. Episode yeah, 52. One, face of the Hold up. Sh- shout out to First Down Performance, yeah. the homie Ray Lowry. You know what I mean? Shout we'll out to the homie out. Ray Ray. Yeah, let's, let's give him a quick shout out. shout out. Shout out to First Down Performance, man. One of the top yeah. tra- trainers in the DMV in Tri-State. Um, follow him at First Down Performance on Instagram. If you're a football player looking for elite training, you know what to do, man. Hit him up. Slide, slide in his DM. Slide in First Down Performance DM. They got they got the top training, man. Um, and get, you, get your merch from him, too. I don't know what he got left, but it was going quick. So um, once again, shout out to First Down Performance. Episode 52 of the Face to the Future pie. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy
1: Shane. Your boy, man, Moose. Peace. Peace.